Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting, props, and features, head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus to your first for your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today, I got a special guest, somebody who uh, I've been knowing since he was about 18, since I was about 19. You know what I'm saying? Real good dude. Always been cool. Always been, you know, always kept it 100, even when he got big. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I appreciate him so much for coming on my little old show. You know what I'm saying? It means a lot to me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know. Like, I've been on Matt since he was like, no tattoos on the neck, no tattoos, just one tattoo on the arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just appreciate him for coming on. My boy, Matt Barnes, man. Say what's up, Matt. All right, what's up, bro? Appreciate you having me. Oh, man, it's all love, man. Always, always. You know what I'm saying? So, we're going to get right into it. Like I said, people, y'all don't know, Matt is like the busiest dude I know. Got about 18 jobs. He might be a Jamaican straight up. You know what I'm saying? He got so many goddamn jobs. <laughs> so how did your basketball journey start, man? Uh, man, I actually grew up a football player, uh, Trav. I was, uh, you know, my dad played a little bit of semi-pro ball and street ball. And so football was kind of my first knack. Um, you know, kind of started picking up basketball a little bit more serious. Uh, middle towards the end of junior high. Because uh, I just kept growing. So uh, when mm-hmm. I went to high school uh, is when it really got, you know, started getting serious. You know, I have two twin boys now. We're just talking about our boys offline. And, you know, AU is, is so serious now. But I really didn't start AU until I got into high school. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, that's where I kind of started, you know, picking up some notoriety. Uh, you know, played varsity as a freshman out in Sacramento. Um, but still was really torn because, Football is my best sport, my first sport, my most natural sport, but I just kept getting taller and taller and taller. So uh, through high school, played a little bit of everything, football, baseball, basketball, track. I uh, was an All-American in football and basketball. Um, and speaking of AU, I took a trip to – I was playing with EBO and took a trip to L.A. and went on UCLA's campus. That was the first time I ever went there and fell in love instantly. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, nah, man, I I knew that I knew that you was like a great football player. I used to like read, you know, like you know, like whoever was coming in, like as far as recruits, I'd be like, oh, all American in basketball, all American in football. I'm like, oh shit, okay, is he gonna do the both thing or what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like, nah. I thought about it, um, but my senior year of high school, I broke my toe in football, but kept playing because I was chasing the record, which I eventually got and broke. Uh, broke the record 
But right when I got to UCLA, I ended up having to have surgery on that toe. So I was out like my first five months um, of college and that kind of slowed down the process. And then, you know, once I got in that UCLA basketball system, that's kind of just was what it was, you know what I mean? So that's when you and I met and, and, and got a chance to meet our brother, Billy, rest in peace. And then uh -huh, uh -huh. the homies. And I was kind of all from there, you know, I mean, going to UCLA and, you know, cause you ended up traveling. I mean, we get the best of the best there, you know what I mean? And sometimes it, it, it gets overcrowded. So I was someone who played point guard and wing in high school. And I got thrown down at the four position <laughs> when I got <laughs> to college, you know what I mean? And we were like, five we had Gavzirik, we had Moiso, um uh, fucking laugh through Farnham in there. So it was just there was a lot of shit going on. Uh you know, back, you know, I think it all it hurt, but it also helped me, you know what I mean? Because I had to develop a new skill set um coming into college. But it also put me out behind the eight ball once I got to the NBA because, you know, now it would have been perfect. You know, now everyone does a little bit of everything and it's small ball. But when I first got to the NBA in 02, they were real bigs. You know, the mm -hmm. power forwards, Weber, mm -hmm. Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, McDice, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> then I had to move back, figure out that position on the fly. So um, it was a crazy journey, a fun journey, an up and down journey. Uh, you know, a journey I, I I doubted myself on early on, but you know, made it work. No, nah, hey man, like I said, I I think like we both, I felt like if we would have played the NBA now, would have you know, I mean, obviously you had a motherfucking 10, 10, 12 year career, or not even no, I'm sorry, fifteen year career, but um, you know, for myself, it was like uh, shit, like I had to you know hit the hit that water, you know, what I'm saying to go overseas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember a team cut me in, in Poland because I wasn't 6'10". I was only, you know, 6'7", 6'8", or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I remember, yeah. like, when I you know when I went overseas in 02. So I remember that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, small ball, like I said, small ball is the thing now. And it's, you know, it's kind of what I teach my kids. It's not so much position-based now. It's just the ability to do a little bit of everything on the court. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and mm -hmm. well-rounded. And, you know, that's what both of you, you know, both of us did. You know, you were naturally kind of a four- that could even really play like some stretch because you could shoot the ball a little bit, you know what I mean? And that fits perfect into what today's game is. But again, back then, power forwards were bangers and, and, and mid-range shooters. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, I'm, I'm coming into the league at, you know, 6'8", 220. You know, these motherfuckers are 6'10", 6'11", 260, 260. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you said, Duncan, you know what I'm saying? McDice, Carl Malone. You know what I'm saying? McDice, KG, you know, this is like that Rasheed Wallace, yep. you know, real power. It could have been the probably the greatest power forward era ever. I mean, there were yeah. so many forwards in the game. So I'm coming out of UCLA as a four-man, like, yeah, this shit ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I got to switch positions, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got you, man. I got you. So obviously you being, you know, we're going to go back a little bit, but obviously you being – uh, All-American in both sports, basketball and football. Uh, what was your most memorable moment in high school? Um, I remember I broke the the, the state record um, at a game. And then also, probably to be honest with you, even before that, my junior season, I caught a game winning where I had a terrible game. I ended up having two touchdowns, but I think I dropped two touchdowns. <laughs> And I was hurt, and it came down to the final drive. And I remember I caught the game-winning touchdown up up uh, at a school called Nevada Union, which was a super racist school, super right. racist school. Ended up, you know, catching the game-winning touchdown as the time expires. Fans are coming on the field, nigger this, nigger that, followed our bus, threw rocks at our bus. But it felt that we knocked them out of the playoffs and got us in the playoffs. So I would probably say – you know, just see my, my, my experience overall, because football is just so much different uh, than basketball. But my experience overall playing football was great. But I'd probably say those two things was my junior year when I caught the game-winning touchdown and then my senior year when I broke the state record for touchdowns. Okay. Now, uh, side question, side question for you. Do you still, like, really pay attention to football or do you just, like, really focus on basketball now? Well, to keep it G. I sat, I mean, I was so excited football came back. Just the other Sunday, I sat in my little man cave 
didn't brush my teeth probably until like five o'clock. <laughs> like leave the fuck alone. Like I love, 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 love football. Love football to death. Always. There's not a day that passes. I think like yo, what would have happened? And I never want to be. You know, obviously making it to the professional ranks. I have respect, so much respect for everyone who you know has an opportunity to make it professional in their their sport. But to me, there's no doubt I could have made it pro in the NFL when I was six eight. I ran a four three nine. I can really catch. I understood how to play. I can hit. I can run routes. So there's not a day that passes thinking like, yo, what if I would have chose this? Um, so I do love football. Um, it breaks my heart that my kids aren't really too into football. Um, but yeah, I mean, every Sunday, if I'm not coaching my kids in a tournament, I'm locked in on Sunday ticket, uh, the Red Zone channel, or if the Niners are playing, I'll watch actually the Niner game. But outside of that, um yeah every sunday is 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 don't fuck with me day <laughs> respect you know what i'm saying i get that trust me man like for me like i gave up football probably when i was eighth grade i remember i was playing wide receiver because i was tall like like yourself nigga hit me in the leg ah oh, nah man i'm cool <laughs> oh nah this ain't for me let me stick with this basketball thing <laughs> so got hit from behind and they took my knees out and I'd be like, damn, that shit like hurt. Like yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It made me mad. So that's kind of where I but you know it was funny, Travis. I just always consider myself a football player playing basketball. You know what I mean? And that's why, you know, once I got to the NBA and kind of found my calling card on defense and the physicality, everyone's like, well, you know what? Like, where is this coming from? And I just I love football so much, you know, on the, on the offensive end, I'd get out and run the lanes and catch lobs and finish layups like a receiver would run routes for the quarterback. And then on the defensive end, like I love to be a physical, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when I, yeah, you can actually be, you know, a little bit physical. So when people running through the lane, throwing up them arm bars or bodying people or, you know, doing all kinds of shit down there to me, the physicality was just the football side of me, which I love. No, I hate you. I hate you, man. Like I said, I can contest he was physical. I had to go against him pretty much every day in practice. So, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, Kyle, you, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, what were you and Kyle? It was like 230, 240? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe 250s after a shaky's night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and there were you, Dan, and Melissa. I'm just like, this shit ain't even fair, man. <laughs> no, I got you. Trust me, it was a situation where they were like, Matt, go down with the uh, the big dudes. I, you know, I used to see Matt Faye, like, damn, nah, I can't go with the wings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, nah, um, but anyway, so you obviously great player, and I know you fell in love with UCLA. Was there any other school that you thought about as far as going to college? Yeah, uh, you know, Cal was a big uh, – because I didn't really want to go far. You know, I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. California motherfucker. So, Cal, <laughs> uh, you know, they were going to let me play both. Um, so, that was a play. You know, me and Ray were young. We're AU teammates, and that was my, that's my brother. And me, him, and Dan were actually supposed to go to Cal, but that ended up falling through. But, you know, UCLA was on there. Um, Michigan uh, to, to, to play both, but – you know, I'm really glad that I, I stuck with UCLA because although it was it, it taught me to persevere because obviously I didn't get the success right away, you know, that I thought I was going to have. I got thrown in a different position and really had to kind of navigate my way through that. And then just, mm-hmm. you know, that style, the L.A. nightlife, you know, what I mean, which can consume a lot of people. You know, our former teammate, Jerron Rush, is a perfect example of someone who was super talented that got consumed, you know, by the nightlife. So I think. Mm-hmm. Like, so many, you know, things and lessons and, 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 you know, kind of prepared me for uh, what the NBA life was going to be like. So, you know, to this day, you know, going to UCLA and, and my time, you know, in Westwood outside of having children, I put my experience at UCLA above my NBA experience. Um, I put having kids, UCLA, and then the NBA. Like I had an absolute blast at UCLA. No, I hear you on that, man. Like I said, I remember, you know, Obviously, you know, in college, we was all going against, like, each other. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew – I always felt like I knew they're going to put Jerron, Earl, Barron, boom. That's like – this is starting three. And then, like, all the rest of us was kind of fighting for, like, where whatever. You, <laughs> where you can get in, where you fit in. Every little minute you could have, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, 
Did you leave after my, you left after your sophomore year? Yeah, yeah, your, after your first year I left. Cause okay. I was like, man, fuck this, you know what I'm saying? If he gonna put Farnham over me, fuck it, I'm out. You know he what I'm saying? Fuck with Farnham, I like Farnham to this day. I know, I, I love Farnham as a person, you know, like, as great, but I'm like, if he said Matt, okay, Matt was over me, if he was over me, fine. Yeah. But he, he, then he was like, no, we gonna put, you know, sometimes we gonna, like, you know, with Lab, he was like, play you 30 minutes, then six, then 20, then, you know, you know, like I I couldn't, I couldn't play that way. Pull you out after 30 seconds. And then we he do it to, he'd only fuck with a couple of us. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. He do, uh, he fuck with Ray a little bit, Billy. He was scared to death of Earl. So he didn't fuck with <laughs> And he was scared of Jerron. So he, like, he had his guys that he liked to pick on him. And, and, and we were two of them. <laughs> exactly, my dude. Exactly. So I was like, Fuck it, you know, I, I didn't, like I said, I almost went to Oklahoma, ended up staying home, you know, because I, I didn't really want, like you said, I'm a California dude, I didn't really want to leave. So, ended up going to Long Beach State, so yeah. But I was like, I was happy, because I was like, um, I wish that you came with me. I was like, nigga, I want to take Matt with me, fuck it. We gonna go hoop at Long Beach State together and kill. <laughs> you was hooping over there, too. You yeah. was definitely. I just, well, I saw, I want, all I want to do was fucking play, you know what I'm saying? It didn't really matter, like, as far as anything else, but like, all right, well, let's get back into it. What would you say the hardest thing was for you, um, you know, from like high school to college? What was like the hardest like transition? Um, I just think you know, in 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 high school, everyone is you know a, a big fish in a small pond. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Going to UCLA, I mean, your class was the number one recruiting class in the country, and then we came in the year after with the number one recruiting class in the country. So I just think just the transition of Okay, you know, and, and we really both were similar. You know, what I mean, BD was the the McDonald's All American. You know, mm -hmm. how did you know? Although it was good, I missed the McDonald's game. You know, all four of the guys that came in with me made the McDonald's. <laughs> so it was just, you know, okay, well, you know, my my back's against the wall now. You know what I mean? And, and, and to think about it, it's weird. Like out of out of you know both classes, out of your class, out of my class, you know, I ended up playing the longest time out of everyone and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know but like again my path was was an absolute grind but you know I, I cherish that and appreciate that because again I think I appreciated the process more I appreciated every game more because I understood like you know when I got drafted I got cut and had to go to the it was the D League back then that shit was fucking awful you know I mean <laughs> I finally got my shot in the NBA it was just like it's, you know, it's either me or you, you know, and whether we we're going to play a hoop or we we're going to fight or whatever, like I was going to be the motherfucker to make it. So I just think, you know, that grind and that journey just made me appreciate the process and 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 what I accomplished so much more. No, no, definitely. I will agree with you. I mean, I remember because uh, I remember you did the D League. Did you do the ABA too? Yeah, I did the ABA for like three weeks with Dennis Rahman was on our team, which is a whole nother story, which was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> playing in Juarez, Mexico and man taking buses and buses breaking down like it was just a fucked up situation you know what I mean and I was telling myself like I know I'm better than this I, but but am I because like why am I here if I'm better than this why am I here so you start playing mind games and you know it kind of got to the point where like shit if this doesn't work I'm gonna try to go play football uh, you know but luckily it, it did end up working and um, you know I was able to make a career out of it Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that grind, I hear you on that. That grind is probably hard as shit. Like, yeah, like, and one of the reasons why I didn't go in the D League, because I heard that that was like, like, you know, this JC pretty much, you know, but worse. And, and it's even, you know, I mean, once you get to the NBA, you expect the politics, but even in the G League, the shit was politicking, you know what I mean? Because I part of the D League, because I played in, um, I played in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I, I like dude, you know, we're, we're cool to this day, but Jason Capel from North Carolina, remember he was a McDonald's All-American. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. His hometown and his dad was the head coach. So I come oh, in and shit. I start, you know, I'm starting the first handful of games and I sprain my ankle and I'm coming off the bench and playing like little tiny minutes. And I'm thinking like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
definitely got to hold your tongue because you don't want to get no reputation to be a problem in the in the D League. You know what I mean? So I just kept working my ass off and working my ass off until, you know, I started getting more minutes. But it's just like, damn, it's already politics and we're not even at the big show yet. <laughs> I hear you on that, brother. I hear you on that. Well, we're going, like I said, we whine a little bit. I want to know what was your greatest triumph at UCLA, you know? Um, and, the, and the greatest failure, both. I don't really think about failure, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? Because I feel like, you know, although there was failure, um, you know, I chose to use failure as a learning experience mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and try to learn out of every situation. Like I said, you know, you know, you, you had laughed for two years. I was someone to laugh picked on and mm -hmm. he would embarrass me and scream at me and yell at me. And I really wanted to whoop his ass, but I knew that probably would it, you know, obviously in my career right there. So I just think, you know, all the hard times that he had put me through or being homesick at time because I wasn't playing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, could have possibly broke someone. Um, you know, again, I tried to make it, you know, uh, a fuel for my fire when I finally got out there. Um, so I always was someone who tried to look at the negative and okay, how can I make this fuel or flush it? You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of the three ways I looked at it. So ne never really no failures the way I looked at it. Um, my greatest accomplishment, I just think, was, you know, really finding my way there. You know, going mm -hmm. from, you know, when I first came in, I was playing. I remember Barron was hurt. So I was starting for Barron. And then when Barron came back, I kind of just got lost in the mix. Um, so just being able to kind of find my footing there, grinding. Uh, and being able to be, you know, one of our better players, you know, going into our junior year and, and, and really putting myself in a position to have a career after basketball. Um, and then I think just all, you know, the lifelong friends that I made from there. I mean, although me and you were teammates, you know, for one year, you know, we've been cool ever since. And mm -hmm. talked to Earl, still talked to BD. I'm with Ray almost every day. You know, Jelani, who was before us, is, you know, he works with me. Um, just those connections. Moose Bailey, you know, is, is the homie still. So it's just like the friendships and the, and the experiences and and really just, you know, saying that, you know, that I went to UCLA. I mean, that carries a lot of weight because if you think about it, I went to UCLA, I played for the Lakers and I played for the Clippers. So, you know, my Southern California love is heavy. So that helped <laughs> me. we'll get there after. We'll get there eventually. But, you know, that after basketball, it really helped me. You know what I mean? Because I went mm. to you know, the three biggest you know, maybe not the Clippers, the two biggest, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Lakers and UCLA, you know, I was a part of both of them. So, um, you know, it was just dope. Yeah. I would, I want to add to that. Like, I think Matt might be the only person in NBA history to play for, or yeah, just go to UCLA Clippers, Lakers, Golden State and Sacramento. Like you was the California King, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Heavy, you know what I mean? And you know, some people look like, damn, you bounced around, and I did. And 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 part of it, I think, Trav, was because I just had a chip on my shoulder, so I wasn't taking no shit, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And when mm -hmm. coaches would start pulling bullshit, we when you finally get there, you know what I mean? Like, in college, you're kind of scared too because it's college, you know, but once you get to the NBA, you're a man, you know what yeah. I mean? So mm -hmm. Start calling motherfuckers on bullshit, and I think sometimes that was my downfall because I would see the bullshit. And I would call it. I wouldn't fall in line, but I was just, I was, I wasn't. You know, to me, coach me all you want, but don't disrespect me as a man. That's kind of always been my motto. So, you know, just again, being able to 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 play in different cities and different organizations, and and then again, to have a, a big picture, thinking, okay, well, shit, now I'm going to this team. Okay, now I'm going to that team. At the end of the day, you know, I'm meeting a lot of important business people and players in, in each of these stops, knowing that I can probably utilize them down the road once this is all said and done, because who knows how long, you know, I'm going to be here. You know, the average NBA career is three years. You know what I mean? For me to play mm -hmm. 50 uh, years, it's just like, damn, you know, you obviously beat all the odds. But along the way, I made a lot of great friends and, and, and met a lot of important people that have kind of helped me move forward in life after basketball. No, definitely, man. Like I said, I think that I'm I'm so proud of you, man. I don't even know what to say. Like I said, like you like a like a brother that made it, you know what I'm saying? And I just like, man, I see my boy Matt doing his thing, man. Like, you know, you have no idea how much I'd be like, yeah, that's my thing. I'm doing this thing. Like you you one of my inspirations, bro. Like straight up. And I'm not even trying to gash you, you know what uh -huh. I'm saying? But like it's real talk, you know what I'm saying? So bro.
So obviously, uh, UCLA, you have a strong, you know, obviously start slow, but have a strong like last three years of uh, UCLA. You know, you go into the draft. How was the draft process for you? Um, draft was was crazy. Um, you know, because I'm coming into a situation where this is the best of the best, and all these motherfuckers are playing their position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So obviously, I think my skills declined because I didn't really get a chance to play wing. You know, even once I was rocking, I was just so versatile that obviously I could shoot threes, but I was still a big because I was a mismatch. I can guard bigs, but they couldn't guard me. So going into the NBA, again, this is 2002, so I'm having to learn how to play a wing on the highest level. Like, normally motherfuckers know what they're doing by the time they get there, but I'm learning on the fly. So it just took me a little while and I remember a guy named Gerg who was a great workout guy and he was speaking to my agent at the time which was Arn and I was kind of close I was still getting shots up and I remember Gerg saying this kid's got it but I wonder if he can stick with it at the beginning because he may not get it off the bat he said something Mm -hmm. I got what it takes but it may take me some time to kind of find my footing Mm -hmm. you know him saying that you know I mean so obviously going to draft 46 pick um, traded on draft day to Cleveland um, and really never got a shot. John John Lucas was the coach. This is a year before LeBron went there. So John Lucas was the coach. I was drafted with Carlos Boozer and then Dewan Wagner, who was a motherfucking killer, but just had, had got sick and never really panned out. But John Lucas was just arrogant, loud, didn't fuck with me, didn't really give me no chances. When he did give me a chance, I played well, but still got cut. I'm just like, okay, well, this is, I guess this is the business, you know what I mean? So, again, we talked about early, you know, you grow on that minor league journey, you know, and try to find yourself. So, I hit the the, the, the D league for a minute, hit the ABA for a minute, um, but just knew that I had more, you know. And so, when I finally got that 10-day call to the Clippers, um, I knew it was my chance. And I want to say my first game, I probably played, like, 19 minutes and had, like, nine points and nine rebounds like it was just like if i'm gonna get a chance like i'm not gonna let i'm, never, <laughs> I'm doing my shit <laughs> right never, never going back to where i came from <laughs> <laughs> no i imagine bro like thinking about that bus breaking down and you know in mexico and all that shit he probably like nigga, i, I will man, break a nigga's so- leg we had we had the when we did fly it was like the la bomba plane i would rather take a bus you know, in the middle- <laughs> this is not it so like i said once that shot bro it was just like you know this is this is it this is now and i remember one thing random as fuck but i remember during that time this is when kanye first came out you know what i mean so his in his listen to his music and his grind through the process i felt like really got me through what i was going through i was bumping kanye daily because but that's, you know, when Kanye first came out, he was so real and so dope and just told us about his journey and his grind and what it took and all the doors that slammed in his face and all this other shit that was happening to him. And, you know, once he finally got on, just like me, once I really finally started making a name for myself, you know, his mom dies. You know, my mom died two weeks after his mom died. Same year, same time. You know what I mean? So it was just like I really drew inspiration um, from Kanye during my journey, man. But it was, it was a journey. But again, I, I think it prepared me because once I made it, I saw first picks, lottery picks, first round picks, all come in thinking, okay, shit, I made it, the world is mine. But it's the furthest thing from the truth. You know I mean? You got to stay humble, stay grounded, stay focused. Mm-hmm. And obviously lose, not necessarily lose love, but just maybe take the situation for granted. You know I mean? We come from nothing. So you get thrown hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, you can lose your mind. But again, I take it back to the UCLA days where I kind of just think UCLA, although I didn't, we didn't have a ton of money, it just kind of prepared us for that lifestyle that the NBA is all about. So, again, my journey, I, I credit to that, to, 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 you know, having the chip on my shoulder and the way I grind was, you know, the way I survived for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say, definitely feel like, you know, the grind made you tougher and the grind definitely hardened your, you know, your skill because I felt, you know, you had all the skills that, you know, you could possibly have, you know, freshman year. I mean, you know, uh, obviously, coming in with four McDonald's All-Americans and like you're the the one that, you know, stays the longest. And just going back on that, like I wanted to say, like I felt like that was the most talented team 
I ever played on, you know, like that team, you know, we had eight guys play professional five in the NBA, you know, all of them played several, four of them played, you know, over a decade, you know, uh, gosh, that's just one of those teams that you just be like, damn, if we would just had it straight, you know what I'm saying? We would have we won a national championship. Um, on something. We had a yeah, lot of, talent. a lot of talent, bro. You know what I'm saying? A lot of talent. So, but anyway, um, so you play obviously, you know, a, a long time in the NBA, and you said like the traveling. I know because you just did you didn't deal with the bullshit, but you know this. You know, my question for you is like about your career, right? You know, it obviously has highs and lows. What would you say would be like your best moment that you had in your career? Uh, you know. Me besides just being in the NBA, you know. Um, you know, obviously, you get a chance to play with Kobe. Uh, the best part of my career was who I got to play with. You know, I got a chance to play with Chris Weber, who's a Hall of Famer. I got a chance to play with um, who's the next up to Sacramento. I got a chance to play with Allen Iverson. Got a chance to relink with Baron. Mm. And, you know, um, got a chance to play with Shaq, Grant Hill. Paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way, you'll just have one due date a month instead of many, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offices that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you'll likely get approved, and likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers, on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, my favorite player. Apply with more Steve confidence Nash. today. Got a chance to play with prime 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 Dwight Howard got a chance to play with Vince Carter got a chance to play with Kobe and Powell and Bynum and Ron Artest um got a chance to play with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin then got a chance to play with Zebo and Mark Gasol and Mike Conley then got a chance to play with <laughs> France Steph Curry Clay Thompson Draymond Green so you know, when I sit back and, and, and look at just the time I had and the experience I had and, and the amount of Hall of Famers I had. And, and, and one thing about me, Trav, obviously, you know, I was I was a role player. But, you know, through my work ethic and, and how hard I played, no matter what team I was on, I was always one of the leaders. You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. people wasn't so much that I'm yapping my mouth. It was just that I worked my ass off. So when I did say something people respected it and people listened to it and people knew I had a good basketball mind. They knew I had a high basketball IQ. So it was, you know, I think earning, although again, I bounced around and I still feel like I didn't get the money I deserve, but having the respect of your peers is, is something that, you know, I always hung my hat on because those guys fuck with me. And no matter what team I went to, I was either starting or the first man coming off the bench my whole entire career. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in this amount of time, but like I played, you know I mean, I didn't sit on the bench. You know, my first only time I sat on the bench was in Philly. But outside of that, like, if you go back and look, bro, I played quality minutes everywhere I went and 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 definitely contributed to these teams. So I would say my greatest accomplishment, man, is really just sticking in so long, you know, being a second round pick, you know, kind of an underdog story and being able to make a career out of it um, is what I look back and I have the fondest memories on again because I got a chance to play with some of the greatest players ever to do it. No, definitely, man. Like I said, I, I mean, I was so happy for you. And I, I was like, man, I want to say something. I knew you said it against me. I was like, I don't give a shit. 
you got an NBA ring, my nigga. Like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You know how many niggas want to just do that and get that, bro? Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, only it's only three UCLA niggas that got it. From yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? The way I look at it was, you know, I just, my career was always a grind. Always. Nothing was ever given. I, I had to earn it or take it. And the Golden State situation was crazy. So that's going into my, ended up being my final year. So I signed a three-year deal with Sacramento thinking like, fuck. I always took less money my whole career to try to win a championship. So I'm finally going in my last year or I'm going into my, my 14th year and I got a three-year deal. I'm like, cool, Sacramento just got a new arena. I'm going to go home and I'm like, you know, maybe try to help this team get in the playoffs. And they hadn't tasted the playoffs in so long. Mm -hmm. So that was you know, winning a championship kind of just faded away. Like, let me go out here. I'm playing at home. I'm playing at the crib. You know, let me be a good bet and, and, and help these young boys, you know, further their game so to uh fast forward to all-star break that season where maybe one game with sacramento or maybe one game out of the playoff race and at the all-star break they trade demarcus cousins as he's on the podium at the all-star <laughs> i remember that i remember that <laughs> Telling me because they're the one that they think I'm the only one that can get through to Demarcus. Like, no, we're not trading Demarcus. We love what we got. We're not this. We're not that. So they end up trading this motherfucker at the All Star game. So I'm thinking like, we just traded Demarcus Cousins, and the the, the reason behind it because they said Buddy Hield was the next Steph Curry. That was what they sold themselves on on why they traded Buddy for Buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking to myself like, this is about to be a worse shit show than it already is. <laughs> on the phone with Vladi, who's the, the president and the GM at the time, and we're both talking. I'm just like, Vladi, I'm, I'm 37. I don't have no time to rebuild. Like, mm -hmm. what, what do you want to do? He's like, well, shit, I want to, I've always wanted to win a championship. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to help you get to a team. And then, lo and behold, you know, unfortunately, KD gets hurt coming out of the All-Star break in D.C. And I'm in L.A. working out with my kids, playing with my kids. And the next thing I know, I get a call from the Warriors. Like, hey, you know, Kevin Durant went down. We need a wing. Are you in shape? And it's like, hell yeah. So literally I flew that. I got a phone call that night. I flew the next morning to Chicago, got there in the evening, and then played like 25 minutes the next game. So I got to that Golden State team, and KD had hyperextended his knee. So KD was out for a good eight weeks maybe. Um, so I'd step in and, and, and just play my part. You know, obviously a super talented, most talented team. That team was so fucking talented with no egos, like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't about who was scoring it was about the bigger picture which was a beautiful thing so the first game KD comes back we're maybe about a week or two out of the playoffs literally the first game I'm about to play with KD come out the gates firing hit my first two threes I'm like oh we're about to run through these playoffs and <laughs> I, I go up for a, a rebound and I tried to snatch it one hand and I got off balance and I landed on somebody's foot and it was the worst sprained ankle I've ever had. Like, I'm a football player. Like, I don't really sit out. Like, I got to either be suspended or it has to be, like, something really, really serious to make me. But this ankle, man, blew up. The worst sprained ankle in my life. So, by the time I'm ready to play, like I said, this is two weeks for the playoffs. By the time I'm, like, really ready to play and I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it the whole time, like, I'm trying to come back early, but I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, mm -hmm. they, like, come Western Conference Finals, but, you know, me being a vet, like, you know, when you're in the playoff in your rotation, what's the rotation set? No one really – you don't really crack a rotation unless you're a superstar. And I wasn't mm. super – so I mm. um, never got a chance to play and go out there and earn those minutes in that time. So that's why when I say, like, the championship, like, I don't – obviously I count it because I got it and I was on the team. But to me, I, I normally earn everything. And I felt like if I was obviously healthy, I would have been one of the guys out there guarding Kawhi. I would have been one of the guys out there guarding LeBron. I would have been like, that was my role. But so I didn't feel like I, I had earned it. So I feel like my body of work, what I put, you know, in my career, I earned the ring. But I just felt like, you know, I was hurt in the playoffs with Golden State. So I wasn't out there sweating with my brother. So I felt like I didn't earn it, earn it. So when people say like, oh, you don't even appreciate it. It's like, no, it's not I don't appreciate it. It's just you don't understand my career and my grind. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. felt like that shit was handed to me. So that's kind no. of the that people get about that ring oh no 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 yeah i definitely know that you you earned definitely uh earned it and like i said i think like you said you know you probably was on 
one of the greatest teams in NBA history. Um, that's just that's just facts, and so um, I get that one hundred percent. So, based on your experience and everything, you know, what would be your best advice for the next generation? So, like, what would be your best advice, you know, for the next Bad Barnes coming? Uh, you got to grind. And I say that now, obviously everyone says that and thinks that, but I think now for this next generation, it's so hard to fall off because there's social media and kids are getting money from college. Like we, we, I, we get a couple a couple thousand dollars here and there. And I felt like you couldn't tell me shit. You see like these motherfuckers hundreds of thousands of dollars and, you know, and their teams like to me, there, there, there's so many more pitfalls and it's already hard enough to make the NBA. You got to think about it. only five, thousand motherfuckers have ever played in the nba in the whole existence of the league so <laughs> and now there's so many more pitfalls to actually fall off in distraction so you know i would just tell people and i tell them like don't forget why everyone's screaming your name don't forget why people who are giving you money now and you're getting these deals it's because you are good at something like don't forget what got you to where you're at so you know just stay hungry stay grinding stick with your craft i mean continue to work on your craft i mean that's what's going to set people apart is their mindset and, and and their willingness to put the time in because again there's so many distractions that, that can pull you away from what that is now no agree agree my bro agreed agreed so um i would say uh after you play your 15 you know what 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 was uh next for you what was like the next the next part of your journey um i started investing when i was like i played till i was 37 i started investing in businesses that i was just into at about 32 and i think that's the disconnect that people think people think okay you got a little bit of money you start investing in businesses like that rarely does a business turn on like that so it literally took three or four years for those businesses that i invested in luckily you know they actually ended up turning over and 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 being profitable but it took that long for the business to kind of hit. So, you know, I was investing. I knew I wanted to be in the cannabis space. You know, I've been smoking weed since I was 14. So I knew, okay, I'm finally done. I can smoke weed and not trip. I want to invest in weed too. And I, <laughs> I want to be, you know, an advocate for cannabis because, you know, I smoked and, and, and people, it, it's funny when I talk to some, it's like some people in college didn't even know I smoked because I didn't know anyone else smoked. So I was always hiding it. I was going back on the rape trail and, you know, smoking little smoking blunts by myself and, kind of hiding it. And then again, I smoked all through the NBA, which was a risk. So coming out, I knew I wanted to be involved in cannabis. I wanted to be an advocate for cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, but then a friend of mine um, told me, you know, like, you need to try commentating. Like you're always so well-spoken in your interviews. And I'm just like, nah, I don't necessarily, like I was, you know, I've, I've been on TV since I was 18. You know, we started getting those prime time games at UCLA at 18. So mm -hmm last 20 years playing basketball on tv like if anything i want to learn how to be behind the scenes and produce and direct and create mm -hmm, mm -hmm. give it a try i think you'll like it so i went and you know started talking on fox and espn and it, it was kind of fun and then i started getting some positive feedback and realized that i was you know i was okay in this space so it started working towards more of that ended up signing a nice deal with espn um you know after that you know the podcast situation kind of just we found lightning in a bottle. I did a, um, I was doing a documentary for Showtime. I was speaking on DeMarcus Cousins' documentary of just about his journey. And one of the producers of that show was just like, hey, I heard you want to do a podcast. I'm like, I do. I really don't know what it is. It's just like, well, Showtime is starting a new basketball department. You should talk to my guy over at Showtime. And I'm like, shit, all right. So I went over there. I pissed them the idea. They loved it. Neither of us really knew. Showtime didn't really know what the fuck a podcast was. We didn't know what a podcast was. <laughs> you know, we, had, we found lightning in a bottle. We went sports podcast year, our first season. Um, and then that really just started opening up so many doors, you know, because I think, you know, I had a reputation of being, you know, whether it be a thug or dirty or whatever the situation may be. So I think there was such a misconception of, of me as a person. Mm -hmm. And obviously, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm want about me as a competitor but this is really kind of pre you know my the end of my career i caught the end of social media i mean some motherfuckers didn't really know who i was outside of the basketball uh court you know what i mean mm -hmm. so just kind of show who i am as a person via social media and then people start oh man this guy's this guy's intelligent he knows how to talk he knows how to handle conversation he knows how to conduct an interview so i just think i kind of slowly started changing people's minds and bro just the door started opening 
you know, left and right. So obviously now I do ESPN. I'm in the process of creating my own talk show. Um, I do Sacramento Kings. I do my podcast. Uh, as I was telling you before, like, you know, luckily we finally caught up because, you know, the Clippers just called me because they want me to do some shit for them. The OTE, the high school league, they want me to start doing some shit for them, bro. So it's just, it's been crazy that I've kind of been able to move the way I've moved post-career, you know, normally because well aware of who I was normally role players just kind of fade into obscurity, you know, after the league, you know, and, and that's what I was. I was a role player, but you know, my ability, I guess, to talk has been able to keep me front and center. And I feel like, you know, my presence in my word and, 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 and my images is, is just as strong now, if not stronger than mm-hmm. it was which is very rare again if you're not a star so i've just kind of been able to move you know i've invested smartly um you know and 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 one thing i'll tell a lot if any young athletes or or entrepreneurs are watching this i was able to use my likeness to get deals done like you know a lot of people have to invest feel like they have to invest money into companies to be able to get equity in the companies but a lot of the times it's being able to connect dots you know i mean these smart ass people are creating these companies but they don't know how to get down to our people. You know what I mean? So me being able to be a bridge from these, you know, the, the, this technology and how to form it for the communities or their target communities has really been a lucrative situation for me post-career. So, man, I say all that to say I had no idea that I was going to get into the media space. I had no plan of it um, and ended up working out beautifully and it's mm-hmm. opened doors um, for me. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what, you know, life after basketball has been, I mean, I've been out of the NBA for five years now and it's gone by super fast. Um, but I really, I've established myself as one of the top, you know, sports voices um, in our game. And, you know, my whole goal is to, you know, transition into to, to real media, you know, just world life media, you know, similar to, you know, what Michael Strahan did, you know, Michael Strahan was able to come in, but again, he was a superstar. Yeah, Michael yeah, Strahan. yeah space and then transition into daytime talk you know so that's my whole goal is to be able to use sports as a platform to get to mainstream media because i feel like you know through my life with all the crazy shit i've i've been through through losing my mom um you know a public divorce um custody battles being a rat like i've just seen so much coming from you know a a, a two parents that were drug addicts i've just seen so much shit in my life that i really feel like i have a lot to offer and a lot to give so now is the time i really feel like that all of us should be giving you know i mean because i feel like this young generation is just wild as a mother (laughs) i I definitely agree with you on that man anything Um, anything we can give back to the youth is a plus so that that's really what i'm on right now no, definitely, man. Definitely. Definitely 100%. 100%. Now, uh, just before we go forward, I was going to say, like, when did you know when to hang it up? You know what I'm saying? In the league, obviously, you know, um, doing 15. I, you know, I was lucky, bro. I, I left on my own accord. And the reason why I left um, was because I wasn't going to chance to see my twins. You know what I mean? I hadn't mm-hmm. seen them three months. And remember when I said I started investing when I was 31, 32, so the year we won a championship with Golden State, I hadn't seen my boys that season for maybe like three months. And I was, you know, I'm a dad first, fuck basketball. You know what I mean? So luckily a few business that I invested in started turning over some profit. And I just wanted, I, I didn't want to miss any more time with my kids. So like I signed a three-year deal that year with Sacramento. So I retired that same year and they still had to pay me for two more years. So I could have played. I definitely know I could have played a couple more years because I knew my role. I mean, I knew what the fuck I had to do. So I wasn't out there trying to be someone else. So I probably could have played 17, 18. You saw Trevor Reza got to 20 years. I probably could have pushed that line, mm-hmm. but I valuable time with my kids and um, I needed to be there for them. I mean, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, you can't get that time back, you know? So it's just like, I retired early, even though I played 15, because like mm-hmm. I said, I could have, because I wanted to see what was next. You know, business had started turning and I just really wanted to be able to take my kids to school and pick them up and see them and coach them in sports, uh, you know, while they're still young. So um, that was me. I was one of the few that were able to kind of walk away before the game shut the door on me. You know, too often, mm. especially guys, that, you know, guys in my position, you know what I mean? It's the phone stops ringing, but that mm. was a 
I like I just signed a fresh deal. I just I was able to walk away on my terms. You know, it was kind of a perfect storm of business was popping. We won a championship, even though it wasn't really the way I wanted to it. We still won a championship. So I was able to kind of ride that momentum, too. And then, you know, let me get back to L.A. and, and be, a, uh, you know, get, get on my father's shit. Nah, hey, brother, like, you know, one of the reasons I kind of retired was a lot of stuff. The money wasn't the same, you know, he was getting deals, but like, I was just, eh, you know, but, you know, my son was three at the time and uh, I was like, you know, it was about that time to kind of like think about him and be around him more and figure out what's the next phase of my, you know, my life. Yeah. Now, for me, it was tough, you know, uh, just because. I had no idea what the fuck I was besides a baller. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, Travis, you know what I mean? We work our whole life to get to where we get to. You know what I mean? At the same time, people in other spaces are working their whole life to get these jobs, these tech jobs or these CE, you know, whatever job it is. So we're working on sports. They're working on business. So, you know, sometimes when we stop, it can be, you know, we're either starting at the – so some people fuck with you because of what you did. Mm -hmm. And then – or they think, oh, he just because he played basketball, he thinks he can do this. But a lot of the times we got to start at the bottom. Like mm -hmm. we've been mm -hmm. basketball players and now basketball is over. We, I mean, I made good money, but it wasn't money that's going to last me for the rest of my life. So I'm really starting at the bottom at 37 years old. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Be able to have a little bit of cushion and, and some time to be able to really figure out what I wanted to do. But, you know, similar, like, you know, you stop playing basketball, like what's next? You know, because yeah. like I said, worked our whole entire time on this earth to be Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Like, you know, it's like you 28 years, because let's say I started at five and I ended at 33. 28 years, you're this. You know, yeah. you're a lawyer. Now go be a doctor. You know, you just be like... Don't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like starting from that bottom, especially for myself, like I've, you know, like you had a little bit different. So yeah, a little bit of a cushion for me. It was like, you know, with child support and all this other shit I had to go through, you know what I'm saying? It was like literally trying to figure out, you know, what the hell, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to do. So super low times, but now it's better. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know, a lot better. So yeah. I'm I'm just blessed and happy to be even where I'm at now. Um, So, you know, now want to say thank you my bro for coming on the show man i appreciate you so much man it's always love always respect like i said you one of my people that i look up to as far as what i do now you know what i'm saying um uh my last question for you uh is you know at some point we all go through like low you know like low lows and you know kind of like low points in our career or our life or whatever at your lowest point how did you get out of it? You know what I'm saying? And uh, was it meditation? Was it, you know, it, by yourself? It was a family. How did you get out of it? It was weed. No bullshit. First of all. <laughs> I love you, me. man. I, love, I straight love you, bro. I got, I got so much love, dog. You can't you tell how it is. I'm, I'm dead ass serious. It was, it, it was weed because, you know, I was going through a lot. You know what I mean? I, although, you know, a uh, public divorce, you know, team ex-teammate gets with my my wife that I divorced and is around my kids and niggas get killed for the shit like that off the rip. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had no problem with what you did. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to talk about it, but I had no problem. I was like, I get it. Yeah, being able to process all that. But then also, Trav, to be honest with you, bro, like really being able to look at myself in the mirror. You know what I mean? I had some other shit going on in my life and you know, for me to be able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, although there's some fucked up shit, like what part did you play? Because I think so often we try to make ourselves victim, like, damn, why is all this shit happening to me? But I, ever since I was, I've always tried to flip negative shit and try to learn the lesson from it. So I would look at myself in the mirror, like, you know, what part do you play in, in, in these three things, right? Just say there's three things hypothetically that are really fucked up in your life. What could you have done? What could I have done different, you know, myself? to possibly either fix the situation or not be in the situation at first. And that's hard because like I said, we're always quick. Just it's, it's a natural habit for us to point fingers. Like this mm -hmm. happened, and it, this happened, that happened, fuck that coach. But I really just started looking in the mirror like, Matt, what could you have done better? What mm -hmm. could you have to maybe not be in these situations? So I really think 
that was a moment of clarity for me. And that was crazy because that was after I retired. You know what I mean? Like that was like what. And to me, I just think it's, you know, all a part of, you know, my evolution as, as a man, as a black man, as a father, as a businessman, like really taking control and, and throwing away the excuses. You know what I mean? Obviously, there is some we all have fucked up hands dealt to us, but there's always people are worse off. You know, what I mean, so I really took the time to really break down and, and really be able to look in the mirror and see my soul. You know, I'm not perfect, far from perfect, always evolving, always working in counseling. Counseling was another thing, you know, what I mean, because although again, I had a successful career, my childhood was fucked up. So being able to unpack that and understand and have tools to deal with that, um, I think is important in, in our community mm -hmm. to us, but, you know, not enough people talk about it. So really just coming to coming to truth with, with who I am and, 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 and what I'm trying to be. And I'm trying to portray something one way, but living a different way. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So being real. I think being real with myself was being real with myself and, and, and smoking weed was how I got out of those, those dark times. Mm. Okay. Well, like I said, like whatever you do to get out of it, I'm glad you got out of it, brother. Cause you're so successful. I like I said, I give you so much props, so much love. And like I said, I appreciate you, um, you know, for the show, man. You can find Matt, you know, his, his podcast, like he said, has been the number one podcast for years now, him and uh, uh, Steven Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Up in Smoke on all social media platforms. Just follow him, everything, you know what I'm saying? Like his stuff is fire. I've been watching, you know, I'm a fan, so I watch all his shows. Um, you know, see all the guests, you know, from rappers to, you know, entertainers to ballers to GN. Like you had, y'all have had like so many different, you know what I'm saying, people on your show. So like I said, it just much love and much respect to you, brother. And Trav, I appreciate you, bro. Love you. If you need me, you know where I'm at. I'm glad we got to connect and we got to put something up in the air soon, man. So let's, let's connect. Agreed. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? I definitely agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely got to do something whenever you want me then I'm I'm there bro you know what I'm saying so oh and uh Matt does have the shirt y'all like I just want to say like you know Matt has the athlete's journey I, I made sure I got him the shirt <laughs> you know what I'm saying and right for my workout so I literally just finished working out so I was gonna actually gonna have it on for the for the show but I definitely got it. I'll wrap it off post on IG for you too bro oh appreciate it appreciate it well, all right, y'all. Like I said, thank y'all for listening. Like I said, if you listen this far, I'm pretty sure like you have, because like I said, Matt's a good dude. Um, you can you know follow me at Travis W Reed. That's R E E D on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Travis W Reed. Uh, I post everything about you know all my social media on both of those. Um, if y'all interested, like I said, uh, if you like like to read, a former athlete like to read books, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Travis Reed. I got a book club. Uh, and also, uh, like, I, like Matt said, I got the merch. So if you just hit me up, DM me you know, on Instagram or message me on Facebook, I got the merch for you, uh, shirts and whatever. Uh, like I said, you know, shout out to Believe and shout out, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and everything. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and features head on to bet online today use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code bleav50 to receive your 50 percent discount welcome bonus to your first or your first deposit bet online when the game starts thank you for listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.